Rodgers is a New York Jet. It's the Lakers, it's the Nuggets in the West, it's the Celtics, it's the Heat in the East, it's the NBA Finals. There's so much going on if you're a sports fan right now with baseball, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and the NFL offseason. Let's go! NFL Honors was recent, and the New York Jets had two NFL Honors Rookie of the Year's offense and defensive players Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. And here we go. What is going on, everyone? You're back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, this is the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake Serrano, taking you through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Happy Saturday or Sunday, depending on when this gets out. Because um, I'm recording on an early Saturday morning. But that does not mean the episode will not get out. Um, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Some news heading around the league. Um... Uh, Dalvin Cook, the news that was brought to light this week about the New York Jets and Dalvin Cook, and more division rankings, this time the AFC North. Let's get started here on Jake's Takes. Here we go. Hitting the bases, all-star Mike Trout was put on the 10-day injury list with a broken left wrist. This was earlier in the week. The Angels saw more bad luck later in that game against a loss to the Padres. Uh, Anthony Rendon was removed after fouling a ball off his leg, giving him a contusion on his shin. Shohei Otani left the game with a blister on his middle finger of his pitching hand. Um, So he went out of that game as well. I believe Otani played against the Padres where they lost 11-4. Mookie Betts had a couple good hits that game. Two home runs, 25 for him on the season. But Shohei's back, but the, early in the week they were hitting a, a slew of injuries there. If we take a trip to the NBA, the Magic, they wave ball ball. After one season with the team, 7'2 forward is coming off his own career year, averaging 9.1 points and 5.8 rebounds after appearing in 70 games for Orlando and starting in 33 of them. Uh, Detroit, the Pistons, they're the first in the waiver claim line. So they'll have the first stab at him, and they also tried to trade for him back in January. When this happened, the trade was voided because he had an issue with his physical, so they were not able to get him, so maybe they'll get him in the waivers now. Texas A&M adds a five-star wideout, Cameron Coleman. Um, he comes over for the 2024 class. He took visits with Auburn and LSU before deciding on the Aggies. So two big schools there. He's the eighth overall prospect in ESPN's 24 class rankings. So a huge add for the Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Um, down in the MLB, Glaber Torres helped the, the Yankees score three runs earlier in the week to take down the Orioles, uh, eight to four. The Mets beat the Diamondbacks eight to five earlier in the week, and the Phillies got the win over the Rays three to one. Pitcher Aaron Nola this week had a dominant dozen. 12 strikeouts. He's sixth and second this season. Uh, Max Scherzer had nine strikeouts against the Diamondbacks. Uh, But Francisco Alvarez, he hit the best homer for the Mets all season. 460 feet, the longest in 2023, passing Pete Alonso's 448-foot home run. So some good news there. The Mets recently, I believe they just, they beat the Padres. Uh, The Yankees took the loss. um, And... The Phillies won 
uh, as well. So that that was pretty recent too. I'm trying to remember the Phillies beat the Marlins. Yeah, that's right. Phillies beat the Marlins four to three, and the Yankees lost to the Cubs three to nothing. So I had to pull out my notes. Can't remember everything, uh, but it is baseball season, so I want to try and include that there. Get that kind of stuff in the mix. Uh, but let's head over to the UFC. In the octagon, John Jones will defend his title versus Stipe Miocic at UFC 92-95 on November 11th in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Madison, Madison Square Garden. Um, so it's going to be a light heavyweight versus a heavyweight clash. Uh, so this should be a good fight because Jones is ranked the number three in ESPN's rankings for fighters uh, in the world. Jones has the best resume as a fighter in the MMA history. He's really never lost. Um, he's he had one loss due to disqualification, but he's 27 wins and no losses without that disqualification in the UFC. Miocic has won 20 wins. Um, he has 20 wins, four losses, but he hasn't lost since March of 2021. So almost no two years now he hasn't lost. Uh, but he was defeated by Francis Ngannou in UFC 260. So that was the last time. So I have a feeling UFC 295 in November. Is going to be one stellar night. Um, like I said, Miami, the Marlins, they lost to the Phillies 4-3. There was an actually a really great comeback by the Phillies uh, the other night. They were down all the way to the ninth inning. Um, Alec Bohm came up with the RBI double, making it 3-2 at the top of the ninth. And uh, Christian Ponches, he hit a home run to send uh, Philadelphia up 4-3. Now, actually, Philadelphia has won 13 consecutive games on the road, and it's the longest streak since the Braves' 13-game run in 2021. So pretty remarkable for them. And last season, they turned it on late as well. And remember, they went all the way to the end. Um, like I said, Yankees lost. Uh, the Dodgers, they won 11-4 over the Angels. Mookie Betts. Um, what did I want to talk about? Oh, last night, actually, last night, uh, I went to go volunteer at a, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws game. So that's the minor league for the Phillies. They played the Renegades, which was the uh, minor league team for the Yankees. So it was a it was a it was a Blue Claws Yankee showdown. I left in like the eighth inning. I think there was one more to go. Um, I don't remember who won, but the the Blue Claws, as far as I know, hit four home runs. Some lady won ten thousand uh, dollars. So, <laughs> so take yourself to a, a minor league game. I actually had to go out and. And volunteer carry the flags out onto the field, so it was pretty good, pretty exciting. But I, I, I have never seen this many home runs in that stadium in a long time. Uh, Jersey Shore Blue Claws is in Lakewood, New Jersey. Um, if you don't know, but that's the like I said, the minor league for the Phillies. I, I don't know if they beat the beat the Renegades last night or not. I have to look that up. Look it up. Currently in the process, I can't remember. But it was a really good game. Um, yeah, there was there was four four horns. Oh yeah, the Blue Claws. I believe they won eight to four over the Renegades. So uh, a dominant, a dominant, dominant, dominant match by them. Um, and definitely excited. Got myself a funnel cake. Sat down, chowed down. You gotta take yourself to a minor. If you've never been to a minor league, you gotta take yourself one to to one. Uh, they're definitely exciting. And I think what I don't know how many jerseys has. Nobody has Trenton Thunder and the Blue Claws. I don't know how many more we have, but it was a really good game. And the Blue Claws are, if I'm not mistaken, 41 and 37 this year, and they beat a 45-34 Renegades team. Oh, and I guess it was like a Yankees-Phillies battle in a sense, with the two minor league teams going on, going at it and stuff. So it was definitely exciting. 
All right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, there was a couple more things that happened. Uh, there was baseball and on football news, and we have NBA and then one more football story. Uh, longtime punter for the Cincinnati Bengals, Kevin Huber, is retiring after 14 seasons. And I remember him. He's He's been there around for a while and since 2009. He was born in Cincinnati, went to school in Cincinnati, went to um, college in Cincinnati, and then he was the 42nd, 142nd overall pick in 2009 NFL draft by the Bengals. Been with them ever since in his hometown city. The two-time All-American punter averaged 40.2 net yards per punt, averaging 34.2% of his punts inside the opposing team's 20. Um, he's done this. He All his career, he's earned a 2014 Pro Bowl nod, and he's had one successful career. Kobe was named to the 25th anniversary of the NBA 2K24 cover. Uh, so that is one heck of an honor for the late Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Uh, Corey Dillon, the running back for the Bengals, wanted to get into the ring of honor. I believe he's upset. He thinks it's unfair because I think season ticket holders make the decisions for the Bengals and not owners like it does for other teams in the NFL. So he had something to say about that. That is pretty much the news around the league that I've been able to surface this week. Let's get to our first topic. Let's go. So, Dalvin Cook. The news has been brought to me this week that the Jets have more interest than people think. Sounds like Dalvin Cook could be on his way to the Jets. According to Mike Florio, uh, from I believe he's from NBC, the Jets have more interest than people realize. When it comes to Cook, do the fact that Brees Hall's coming for torn ACL. And the Jets are in win now mode with arrow back Aaron Rodgers. Um, they could be in for Cook. Florio added that the Miami Dolphins are interested as Cook as well and the New England Patriots. This is brought to us by the Bleacher Report. So this this is some interesting stuff. The Jets are able to grab Cook, add him to the mix with Carter, um, Bam Knight, and Brees Hall, and, and, and add one other dynamic. They haven't had this in, in a very long time in the backfield, and it will sure add for some serious firepower. With this potential dynamic duo, I decided, considering the fact he hasn't gone anywhere, decided to do a ranking of the most recent duos for the Jets since they made the playoffs, because I'm not going to start ranking all the way from 1960. Give me a break. I, I haven't been around that long. I'll rank them from my memory. Um, at number four, I'm going to go Brees Hall and Mike Carter. This past season was a dominant one before Brees Hall went down. We all remember, if you're a Jets fan, how good he was up until week six when he tore his ACL against the Denver Broncos. And Carter kind of reminds me of like a Danny Woodhead they used to have or a um, – should never have released him, but um, – or a Darren Sproles or something like that. And, and I think they were a good, good tandem, good energy. At number three, I have Chris Ivory and Bilal Powell. Now, these were some weird years for the Jets because they had Matt Forte, uh, CJ2K, Chris Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore. A lot of vets on this uh, roster that they had over the years. Um, but Chris Ivor and Bilal Powell, 2015 season when they went with Todd Poles to 10-6 where they couldn't make it to the playoffs, they were rolling. And Chris Ivory was one of the hardest pounding running backs I've ever seen. Uh, the Jets traded for him from the Saints, and it was – for a fifth-round pick, I think they got him for it. It was a good trade because he was one of the hardest-hitting running backs I've seen the Jets have in a long time. And if we were able to get him back in his prime right now, the Jets would have one heck of a backfield. He was scary. He was like Marshawn Lynch, but um, just like just like a little bit of a smaller version of him. He was crazy. Uh, I won't forget that. And Bilal Powell, the same thing. He was a storm. 
Um, he was he was a hometown hitter for the Jets, and then he hurt his neck, and unfortunately, it was never the same for him. But he was they were both three down backs and great guys too. Thomas Jones and Sean Green at number two, guys who took us all the way to 2009 AFC Championship game. Another dynamic duo, Jones, who they brought in, Ooh, former Kansas City Chief, he was dominant. And at number one, I cannot take them away. Ladanian Tomlinson, the Hall of Famer, and Sean Green. Uh, this was a dynamic duo all the way to 2010, I think 2011. Uh, they they dominated the Jets all the way to the Pittsburgh game with the AFC Championship game. Uh, Tomlinson, I, will, I won't ever forget his, his run. Sean Green, the same thing. And um, it, it, was, it was an amazing run that they were able to put on there for the Jets. Uh, and from my memory, that's that's kind of how I want to put them. But let's go on to the next segment, AFC North Division Ranking. Um, so in the AFC North, I think this is interesting because I think all four teams have the potential to definitely make the playoffs. Um, and all four teams have a stacked roster. The one that just kind of seems a little weak is, is Pittsburgh's, but they have, I believe they have the stronger defense. Uh, but every team's pretty much got a solid offensive line. We take a look at the Baltimore Ravens when they, they brought back. They're going to bring back Lamar Jackson, so he signed up. Remember, they brought in Odell. Um, they're bringing Zay, uh, Zay Flowers in the draft. They lost uh, Orlando Brown, but they have Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses at the tackles. Like They're, 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 they're going to be solid as long as everyone can stay healthy on this team. The defense is still good with Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams back there. This is going to be a strong team. It's going to be with Todd Munkin to see – if they can get Lamar Jackson and this past game going, make this even more dynamic than it ever was with Mark Andrews and him. Um, and I think with if everyone can stay healthy on the offense, with all the firepower they've added, if Odell can stay healthy, it's going to be a scary team, and I'm curious to see where it goes. The mainstay in this division will be the Bengals with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, now Orlando Brown, Alex Kappa, uh, Jonah Williams. They have it all. Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, they got it. Uh, San Hubbard, DJ Reader, uh, Trey Henderson, or Hendrickson, I should say. Uh, they have it all. Mike Hilton at the cornerback position, Dax Hill at safety. This is a strong roster, and they win the division pretty recently every year. So since Joe Burrow is pretty much there since the second season, since they went to the Super Bowl not too long ago, this is going to be another dominant roster. It's really going to be who can beat the Bengals this year and who has the best shot. We'll get that to, in, to that in a second. In Cleveland, the Browns have Amari Cooper showed out last season. They have Don Peoples-Jones, we know how good he is. Trading for Elijah Moore from the Jets, he's dominant, giving him a new chance, new life over there. Uh, Dredrick Wills, uh, Antonio, Joel Antonio, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin, they have it on the on the offense line there. Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, we'll see if Deshaun Watson comes out. That will really be the biggest question for Cleveland is if Deshaun Watson comes to his form. He wasn't last season after you kind of tell he hasn't played in a while, had a big suspension with everything kind of lifted away from him now. We'll see if he can get back into that. Um, on defense, they're solid. I mean, look at Miles Garrett, Dalvin Tomlinson. They, they got to Darius Smith recently. Um, Anthony Walker Jr., Denzel Ward. So Greg Newsom the second. We know this is, is a dominant defense and will be. They can get stronger We'll see if the offense can carry over and how Deshaun Watson will play out. And Pittsburgh will be the interesting team. I think has one of the stronger coaching staffs in this division. We know how good Mike Tomlin is, but with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Al Robinson, Calvin Austin, it's a good receiving core, even with the young guys in there. Um, they have a, a, a pretty decent offensive line. It's young and it's growing, but it's one of the teams that you're like, yeah, it's a good offensive line, but it's not the best. You know, it's not the best in the division. They have 
uh, Pat Fermuth, who they got from Penn State, not too long at the tight end. Still have Najee Harris from Alabama. Kenny Pickett they drafted last year. Like It's a young, 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 young roster and a dominant defense with Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, Joey Porter they drafted, Mika Fitzpatrick, Patrick Peterson they signed. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting season for the Steelers. It's gonna be if they can get over a lot of humps. I think they're gonna be one of the um, doggy dogs type of teams. They're gonna be they're gonna be giving this division a lot of problems and keeping games close. That's gonna be half to how they're gonna do get after the quarterback because they have are going up against some serious offensive powers firepowers here. But I think they have one of the better defenses in the division. Now the question will be who can take down the Bengals. I think for now the Bengals are still number one in this division, um, and I think the Browns. Fall to number four. I think there's a chance they could fall out of this division or all four teams could make it to the playoffs. I think the Steelers are a little stronger with from them, depending on how Deshaun Watson plays. If Deshaun Watson get back to that 2018-2020 form of Pro Bowl, well, maybe we see the Browns actually win this division because they have the chance to do that with two if they, he can come back to superstar caliber. And you look at the Ravens, I think there it goes uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Steelers, and then Cleveland. And I really do think all four teams can make it in. When you look at Baltimore, I think they have the best chance if they can get this offense on the right set. Now, Lamar's got to be on top of things. They can't get injured. They have to stay healthy. That's the problem with this team, and that's been the problem every year. If they can do that, I think they might be able to overtake um, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals have a lot to lose this year because they're going up a lot against a very, very strong division. It's just going to be who can beat them and who can take them down. For Baltimore, Is it can they stay healthy? For Cincinnati, it's going to be can, make sure they're staying on top of the division. Can the defense stay strong? Um, Cincinnati really doesn't have too many problems. And keeping that offensive line intact, unfortunately, that went down for them in the playoffs last year too. Uh, for Cleveland, it's going to be Deshaun Watson is the question. And for Pittsburgh, it's going to be how can this young roster get together? But Mike Tomlin has been dominant every year. And I trust in him, so that's why I'm going to put them at three. Um, even the Steelers have a chance to win this division. I think all four teams have a solid shot at this, and I believe all four teams will be above 500. I'm curious to see where it goes, but I got Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. That's going to close it out today for the show on another edition of Jake's Takes. Thank you for joining me today. I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of my takes. Remember to visit TunnelVision Sports at tvsportsmag.com. Follow our Instagram at Sports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore tvsports. Don't forget to follow the Jake's Takes Instagram account at Jake's Takes TVS for everything you need podcast-wise. And contact my email, sjake, at tvsportstaff.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, I'm Jake Serrano signing off. Thank you for once again for listening. And remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift in sports media. Homie, day and night, day and night. Got the party jumping, about to break the ice.